Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I just believe uh, that, as we spoke the other night in our prayer meeting, you know, uh, Paul said, I water or I, I plant and Apollos waters, but God gives the increase. And um, we're, we're not, I don't believe that we're, uh, can, we can bring the increase. What we can do is sow and then, you know, just tend to that that's being sown. And uh, God will give the increase. And I believe we're in a time in our culture, in our society, in our world, a time of increase. I believe that the Lord said that um, uh, in the latter days, you know, there would be a, a, a latter rain and a harvest that would come in. And, and as we see wickedness uh, increase, right, uh, uh, grace where sin abounds, the Scripture says grace much more abounds. And that's not what I am convinced of as being uh, stewards of the grace of God. We are uh, his people. We're, we're, that stewardship is ours. We're, grace comes from what I see in that is sin abounds in the world. There is going to be a rebellion and a rejection against sin. I, I believe that. I, I, I think that these, uh, you know, it's actually spiritual wit- wickedness in high places, uh, as their hand, as they play their hand and they have a plan. Um, that there are going to be multitudes that are going to reject it, just like you have rejected it. And um, uh, the past generation, broken families, broken homes, and, and all of these things that have gone on, there are people that are looking for a refuge. And you know what? Jesus is that refuge. Amen. He's been that for us, and he is for all mankind. So, I just am convinced we're in a time of increase, and we need to be uh, not just sit back passively and, and wait for it, but to be actively involved in what God is doing, to be bold in our, in our declaration and in, in the life that we live because somebody is watching you. And um, I will say it again and again and again. It is much more the life you live than the words you say. You may be able to quote chapter and verse, but if your life doesn't back it up, you might better keep your mouth shut. Okay, and, and understand, I understand the grace of God, but I'm, I'm talking about uh, the bold, if you're just trying to win somebody by quoting Scripture, that doesn't work. It's our life that works. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, I have uh, some very solid foundational doctoral beliefs in my life that, that are unmovable for me. But I do not lead in my witness with my doctrine. I, it's not, I know more than you or you, you know, and we're going to be in battle. I've, wa- I've done it. I've watched it. I, and I'm never, ever going to engage in that again, ever. I don't care. But I will lead with the, with the, the, the witness of God's uh, power and love. And, and when that is declared over somebody's life and you embrace that 
with me, then it's easy to say, hey, you need to be baptized. And they say, okay. Hey, you need, because it's out of love, not of making a declaration that my doctrine is better than your doctrine. All right? So if, if we're going to be bold in our witness, and let me read this again in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 12. And it says, in him we have boldness, access, and uh, uh, boldness and confident access through faith in him. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. There is a need in our day for those that name the name of Jesus to be bold. I've been talking about it, and I will continue to talk about it until God tells me otherwise. So this morning, being bold we know is not being haughty. It's not being proud. Not in the spirit. You can be bold in the flesh, and it doesn't equal you know, the gifts of the spirit operating in our life. There's plenty of bold people, but when you are bold in the spirit, there is an, a, a confident access that exists in your life that brings a stability and a security that is consistent. That's what being bold is. I want to I talk about um, uh, uh, a boldness in faith, you know, and how would you define a bold faith? Because I believe that, that absolutely the foundation of our spiritual life is faith. Can we agree? And so, are you bold in your faith, or are you apprehensive and, and, and fearful? I, God needs you to be bold in the day that we live. You can be bold in the day. And, and, and boldness isn't uh, this idea that all of a sudden you're in a situation and you're going to say, okay, now I'm going to be bold, I'm going to be bold, I'm going to be bold. You know, you got to work yourself into it. I believe there is a bold faith in our lives that can be constant. And therefore, you're not working it up in a certain situation, in a, in a certain event, but it's where you live. God wants us to live in a place of confident access. How many believe that? Man, if you, if you believed you had, con, you had constant access to the Father, if you believed you had constant access to the Father, would it change your life? Secret. You have constant access to the Father. Imagine that. But you access that by faith, and therefore, there's a rub. If you don't have a bold faith, brother, sister, before you leave here, I'm going to beat it into you with words. I want you to be bold, because, not because I want you to be bold. I'm telling you, God wants you to be bold. He likes bold. I mean, it attracts him. And, I, and, and so that bold faith, without that, we're going to talk about uh, a bold witness and a bold, bold in your giving and di- being bold in different things. But without a bold faith, none of that takes place. That is, that's where it's got to be. Uh, 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 the beginning for you. And consider what defines bold faith. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. It says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. That's so cool. Well, you, you've never been there. but Yeah, but it's real. There is a reality and there is a substance to what's hoped for. The proof of what 
is not seen. L- listen to this. For our ancestor won, for our ancestors won God's approval by it. How did our ancestors win God's approval? What's it say? Having faith. Okay, let me read it again. Now, faith is substance of thing hoped for, evidence of not thing. For our ancestor won God's approval by it. Do you, do you, are you telling me God doesn't approve if you don't have faith? Yeah. He doesn't approve of your unbelief. He does not. It's the very thing that will keep you from accessing the promises of God. It's the very thing that kept Israel from crossing over into a promised land. Is God concerned? Or does he want you to have a bold faith? Of course he does. And, and, uh, and, and unbelief is something, honestly, to be repented of in our life. I realize we fight the fight of faith. I realize that that's constant in our life. But our default setting is that God is. And, and here, here's what he says. By, by faith we understand that the universe re, uh, was created by God's command so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. Okay. You can just bypass that. But I'm here to tell you that there is absolutely essential for you to embrace God at all. If you don't believe God created all things, do you realize what separates us from so many out there that just think it doesn't matter what you do, there's no, uh, there's no morality, there's no truth, it's all subjective because they believe that you crawled out of a swamp. They believe pond scum all of a sudden began to breathe. And then pretty soon, you went from a fish to a dog to a horse to, I, I don't know what, to a monkey. And, oh, now you're making fun of it. Well, you know what? It is pretty funny. If you, if you And it's sad if you believe that by chance all of this took place. And I'm telling you, that's what they have been teaching in the schools for 50 years. And how's that working for our culture and society? Think about it. The confusion and the hopelessness that, that uh, has been uh, pushed down the, the throat of humanity. You wonder why there's, there's so much uh, uh, suicide in there and, and uh, uh, abuse and all of the things that go on. People addicted because they have no hope. Well, let me tell you what. When you believe that Christ created all things, that's what the Scripture says, by him all things are created and exist. When you believe that, you know what? That give, that is a, that's a hopeful thing. We're not here by chance. Your life is not just something that just is here. God has a plan and a purpose. He puts you here specifically. And the idea... So the idea of being created is, is essential. When you find somebody who believes all kinds of darkness, you're going to find out that foundationally they do not believe God created. So you can't, you can't just bypass that. So God created. It says, by faith, uh, uh, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain 
By faith he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he was dead, he still speaks through us by faith. By faith Enoch was taken away so he did not experience death. And he was not found because God took him away. For uh, prior to his rem- uh, removal, he was approved since he pleased God. It says, now without faith it's impossible to please him. That the one that draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those that seek him. There's plenty of people that believe he exists, but because they don't understand that he wants to interact with our lives, they keep him at a distance. Having bold faith doesn't keep God at a distance. And, and, and uh, there's several things in our lives that we think, and I'll, and I'll talk, we think our sin will keep God at a, di- at a distance. It will not. He will draw near to you. But the idea of, of uh, 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 if you read the book of Hebrews, and it goes on, by faith there was an action. By faith somebody did something. You know, it didn't prove somebody did something and got, you, we're, not, we're not saved by our actions. But the reality of it is, bold faith will cause you to act. You say, well, I believe God exists. And and James, the writer of James says, says, yeah, the devil believes that and and trembles. He said, show me your faith. Now, that is a valid question. It's not this cerebral thought that God exists and that's all I need. There is an active faith that ought to be bold in every one of our lives. And I believe God is demanding that of us in the day that we live. Not just asking if you would. If you're going to draw near to Him, then it's going to be because of of that bold faith in your life. So so here's what happens. You get... um, you get this idea of bold faith. You read through Hebrews chapter 11. It's like, holy smokes. I'll never be able to do what they did. We got this idea that bold faith is this incredible events that we have to accomplish. And therefore, we lift, leave off the bold faith of our day-to-day lives. And I, I'll tell you, there may be some of you, and I believe that, there are ministries that are going to come out of here and, and, and gifts and callings, and who knows where God's going to take you. But uh, uh, unless you have a bold faith in the day-to-day life, those events never take place. If you're waiting for the event to be bold in your faith, you're going to wait all your life. But if you can every day put that bold faith in into a, a, a part of what you're doing and being and speaking. So I want to I tell you an incredible, I want to give you an, an event here in the Scripture, and it's in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5. I think it's incredible because this Roman centurion had a bold faith. And, and uh, here, here's what happened when uh, it says when he entered Capernaum, Jesus comes into Capernaum, and a centurion, which is an, uh, a Roman soldier, probably an officer leading all kinds of men, he said, a centurion came to him pleading with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. This is not a Jew. This is not an Israelite. This is a 
this was the enemy of uh, Israel. They occupied them at the time. But somehow this centurion and his travels watched Jesus, saw what happened, became somebody that was convinced of who he was. And he says, to, he says, uh, I will, he said, my servant's in terrible agony. And so Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. Right? Now, but typically the way things go, he's going to show up. And this man says, Lord, the centurion replied, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And uh, to my slave, do this, and he does that. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed. You're doing something when you amaze Jesus. But Jesus was, the Bible says, amazed. It's like, what? You know, let 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 me go on. So how many believe in divine healing? You know what the scripture says, uh, anoint with oil and pray a prayer of faith. So we have oil. Uh, another scripture says um, uh, that they anointed handkerchiefs and they set it out, right? And, and so we get in our, we get in our uh, you know, in our mind certain ways that God's going to heal. I got to tell you something. God can heal any way he wants to. Uh, uh, there was a time that... Peter's walking down the road, and they laid sick people by him with a shadow, right? So we need shadow ministries. We need handkerchief ministries. We need oil ministries. We need, you know, all of these things. And the reason why is that we need those things is somehow we need something to connect our faith to. But this centurion had such bold faith that he had faith in Jesus alone. Well, I'm going to come heal. Well, I'd be great to have you to the house, but I know you don't need to show up in my house for you to do a great work. You talk about, you talk, I'm talking about a bold faith that was spoken, and I'm, there was nothing. Boy, say, well, I can't, you know, I can't slay giants. I can't do all of these things that, that went on in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, you can have a faith in God that just believes you can have a bold faith in every situation of your life and not put any other circumstances on it. Some of you that need healing, you know, in your life, I'm going to tell you what, God can do that for you as you step out of an aisle to come up to be prayed for. He doesn't need me to touch you. He doesn't need anybody to touch you. He can touch you all by himself. Now, I, I got it. There's times it's, he commands us to pray. We're going to do that. We're gonna, I'm going to anoint you with oil if you're sick. I'm gonna, if somebody's sick and we can't get to them, I'm going to give you a handkerchief. On a sunny day, bring them by my shadow. But I'm telling you what, a bold faith. Jesus is amazed. You want to talk about getting his attention. This centurion is like, you don't need to come. He's like, are you kidding me? Finally, and here, here's what he says. He says, uh, he says, uh, 
He said to those who found him, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. That is a bold statement from a man with a bold faith. This heathen centurion witnessed enough about Jesus to realize that he could do anything. And he said, look, I know what it's like to be an authority. He said, and you have authority. And because you have authority, you speak to my servant, and it'll be all right. And Jesus is just like, whoa. Do you think he was impressed? Do you want to impress Jesus? How many want to impress him? I do. I want to live a life that he just, like, wow, man, that's amazing. Jesus ever look at you and say, wow, that's amazing. He should. He will. In the day that we live, come on, man. A bold faith attracts God. Doubt pushes him away. Your doubt is not attractive. Your unbelief is not attractive. Your constant fear and turmoil is not attractive. But I'm telling you what, in the midst of the pressure and, and, and the heartache and the hurt, when you can stand up and say, Jesus, I believe you, you're going to say, wow. And be amazed. And so, so this, uh, uh, this guy says, I, I'll tell you that many will come from the east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus told the centurion, Go, as you have believed, let it be done to you. And the servant was cured from that very moment. There was not a question in that centurion's mind what was going to happen. What uh, the dissertation, he said, I tell you, many will come from the east and west. Your religious ideas are not going to save you. Your Pentecostal religious ideas are not going to save you. But faith is. You can, you can be so many people, they get so trusting, and, well, this is what I believe. If your belief doesn't cause you and push you into a place or cause you to mature, let me say this. I'm not beating you over the head like everybody needs to be at the same place. But there ought to be a maturity in our life that we're, we're walking into a boldness. And I'm telling you, some of you are past due to walk into that place of boldness. He's calling you to it. He So... To do that, to believe God. Yeah, we do all of the things that he asks of us, but I'm going to tell you what, I am convinced in the day that we live more and more because of our activity, because of our active faith, we are going to see some incredible things. But you're not going to see incredible things, and I don't need to see them with my eyes. I'm talking about seeing his kingdom come. And, and, and be increased. I, I do, I want to see those things. Not so that there's proof. I don't need him to do another thing to prove his goodness to me. I really don't. Some of you, I've got to see, you know, somebody healed. I've got to see this or see that. Well, that's not faith. Right? Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. But I, I'm here to tell you that, that a bold faith is something that is, attracts God. 
So let me just tell you some of the things. I'll just, uh, hold on, let's see. Oh, no, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, Joe had to retire, Joe Kuva, this week. Just things at home, taking too much of his time. Uh, or, you know, Char's uh, in need, and, and so he needs to be home. And um, uh, Joe has been here as long as I've pastored the church. And what a great, a great man. I, lo I love him, and I cried when he told me. He said, I got I to gotta quit because there's a lot of history. I mean, and um, you look at what we have here today, um, it was a result of men and women who had bold faith. Okay, so you're sitting here, well, how did this get here? Well, I got to tell you what, 32 years ago, it wasn't here. We're in a storefront in a dark, oh, depressing storefront across from Cumberland Farms, downtown Corinth. It's hard to miss it. And uh, we had a piece of property, and I just say that Joe, Joe was here so many work days. And if for nothing else, man, you owe him. You owe him gratitude. That's all. That's what you just owe. Him. Do you know? Realize he was our worship leader for a long, long time. How many appreciate the worship we have now and the talent? But I tell you what, I was there when it was an acoustical guitar, and it was Joe Kuba with a country twang. And you know what happened? The Holy Ghost moved. And uh, so if, when you see him, if you see him, uh, and we're going to do something for him, but I just, I want to, but, but in that process, I'm just thinking of the days, you know, as we're building in faith, and what I had here was an absolute sure word when I came, when Jeannie and I came. I had a sure word, what God wanted to do. I just, I, I, I knew it, so I was bold, I was bold, so you're, you're lifting yourself up? No, I'm not, I want to lift him up. There's nothing wrong with, with declaring that God's good and that you believe Him. That's not arrogant. That's just true. Be, being assured of that and confident of that may, may look, make people look like they're arrogant, but I'm not arrogant about this. I am absolutely convinced about it. And so we're in the storefront with about, I don't know, half a dozen family. Dave was there. There wasn't very many of us, and we weren't bringing in a lot of money, and I was working a job, and, and we had a missionary come by and uh, talking about we could build a church in Zimbabwe for $1,000. Wow. Well, we needed $1,000, right? We should have been going out asking people. But I told, we told the church, look, Man, you know what? God, let's be bold in our faith. Let's be bold. And if we take care of the kingdom of God, God will take care of us. That's what I said. That's what we said. Remember that, Dave? So finally, we, so we didn't have a lot of money. So we put a jar and we collected, collected, collected. And finally, we had a thousand bucks. On a Sunday morning, I stood up. And, no, no, it was on a Wednesday night. We used to do Wednesday night Bible study. I stood up with a check for $1,000. I said, man, I'm excited. As soon as we get this out of our hand, you know, the sooner God can bless us. And uh, so I sent it out the next morning, and that was on a Wednesday, Friday morning. I'm at Lake Joe. I was working a full-time job. I'm working uh, uh, 
at Lake George in one of the townhouses up there on the uh, west side of the lake uh, near Bolton Landing, and, and air conditioning was bad, and I'm just, you know, doing my stuff. You know, and uh, I noticed they had, you know, different scriptures on the wall, and I said, well, you're a believer, yeah, and we got talking. I said, well, where do you go to church? I said, well, I'm pastor of church in Corinth, yada, yada, yada. What's going on, building, building, all that stuff. And so as I'm signing the bill and, and uh, giving him the bill and all that stuff, we're walking out, and he said, wait a minute. He said, my wife and I feel uh, compelled to give an offering to your church. I said, thank you. I said, come down on a Sunday and give it. He said, no. He said, we need to give it right now. I said, okay. Whatever. I figured, you know, we're going to give us 50 bucks or something. He hands me a check for $1,500. We gave 1000 on a Wednesday. We mailed it actually on a Thursday. On a Friday, I get a check for $1,500 made out to the church. And I stood at his kitchen and started to weep. Over 1500 bucks with inflation, that's not much today. No, I, it wasn't that. It was the absolute faithfulness of God just coming through. What a boost for our assembly. What a boost for that little group. So I got up that Sunday and I held the check. I said, you want to see this? And I rebuked him for only giving $1,000. He said, what if we had given five? But what a thrill, and God just constantly, constantly, the boldness of our faith is what caused this thing to continue to grow and multiply. And there is not a time in our life when you get to pull back on that. At every season, to be bold is, I believe, what God desires for us to do. What, what does it mean? I just, I just believe Him. And so, here, here's... Uh, couple more scriptures. It says, be strong, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. This is uh, 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 instructions to Joshua, for it is the Lord our God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. That ought to be, man, oh man, in the forefront of your mind. Put it on the fridge. Around the mirror and the back. He will not forsake you. That gives you reason to be bold. If you know that he's for you continually, there is a bold faith that comes out of that. There's just a belief. I'm not talking about being um, um, silly and, and just, well, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I want a new car, so I'm just going to believe God's going to make a way for it, and I'll go buy it. He can pay for it later. No, that's just not a good way to live. But the idea of understanding that he will never leave you or forsake you, that's a New Testament truth. And, and it causes you to be able to live with a consistency. And uh, so one more, one more scripture, and I'm going to try to wrap this up. It says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46, then he came to, I'm talking about bold faith. He came to Jericho as, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples a large, and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, it was Jesus of the Nazarene, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. 
Many people told him to keep quiet, but he kept crying out all the more. I love that guy. Have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. Call and uh, call him. So he called him the blind. So he called the blind man and said to him, "Have courage. Get up. For he's calling you." And as he gets up, just think about the, the scene. He's on the side of the road. Jesus is walking by, not even stopping, and so he starts making a commotion. Some of you are so stinking timid. You'd let Jesus walk right by you and not even say boo. Because you think if he's going to come and meet my needs, then he's going to know where I'm at. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He likes some commotion. He likes it when you're trying to get his attention. He, he likes it when you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So Bar- Bartimaeus, see, Jesus, what's going on? Jesus is walking by. Yeah, and man, he just hollers. And they, the crowd says, you need to stop. He said, oh, yeah, watch me. You know what? My need is great. And I'm going to tell you, there's the answer right there. And, and so Jesus walking by. He's crying out a little more. Jesus stops and get go get him. I don't know if Jesus was waiting for the right decibel. But he said, go get that guy. And so this guy, here, here's what happens. As they come to him and say, hey, he's calling for you. So the guy gets up. The nerve. The absolute audacity and boldness. He, the Bible says that he threw off his coat. He t- you know, so w- what does that mean? There was a garment of distinction that beggars wore. Right? It was something that identified them as somebody with societal needs. And so there was this garment that he had on that, that declared, I'm in need, I'm in need. And when he found out Jesus had called him, you know what he did? He pulls the coat off, and he didn't say he set it aside. He threw it away. You talk about a bold faith. And he, and he, he comes over and, you know, probably being led to where Jesus is at. And, and Jesus answered him and said, what do you want me to do? And the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, go your way, for your faith has healed you. And immediately you could see and began to follow him on the road. Can you talk about a bold faith that a man had in a need sometime. So let me just finish with this. Stand with me as I finish it. Oh, my goodness. There's some of us that falter in our faith because of our past. How how many of you from time to time hear the enemy whisper in your ear about the things that you've done? The condemnation the failure, the moral failure, the, the just, well, I'm going to tell you what, there was a day in my life I was blind. There was a day that I did not see that I was ruled by the prince and the power of the air, the, the, the things that were in our culture and society, I just embraced it as reality and true just because I didn't know any better. But one day Jesus come into my life 
And as it were, the scales fell from my eye and I saw the reality of the spiritual life versus the life of carnality and, and the spiritual wickedness that exists that, that so many of us were taken captive of. Some of you still, you hold on to some things in your past that identified you back then. And I'm going to tell you what, you don't, what, what you did was when Jesus called you, uh, you, 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 took, you might even uh, uh, tuck the coat under your arm. You know, or you folded it up and laid it on aside or you put it away for another day. And, and, and some of you, you're putting it back on again. And that's not going to make you bold. What Bartimaeus knew is once Jesus opened his eyes, his life was changed forever. A bold faith, a bold faith, says that garment that you look at all the time needs to be thrown away. It needs to be just totally discarded. Yeah, I know that's what you were, and maybe some people remember that, but when you name the name of Jesus, you become a brand new creature. Old, old things are passed away. I can toss that thing. Well, the great thing about this bold Bart, Bartimaeus was he tossed it away before he was even healed. Why? Because he had that much confidence. And it doesn't say that Jesus had to spit on him, lay hands on him. doesn't say he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. He said, go ahead. Your faith already did that for you. You go away. Go. I'm telling you, we're waiting for an event to transpire, and God's waiting for your faith to be bold. And I got to tell you what, He can be trusted with your bold faith. He can, you can absolutely rely on Him because He doesn't fail. So, Father, today I thank you for your word that brings life. I thank you for uh, 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 just your touch that brings sight. God, that you give us ears to hear in the day that we live. Let boldness overtake us in our faith. Not, not the exploits. We're, we're not looking for the event, but the, just the day-to-day -day believing you above everything else. I believe you. There are too many things that you've done in my life, God. The evidence, the evidence of your goodness, the reality, Lord Jesus, of your provision at every turn. Let there be a bold faith leave this house collectively as your body. I'm asking that today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I assure you as we sing, as we pray, if you need a healing, I'm going to pray a bold prayer of faith over you. If you need deliverance or just uh, 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 you're carrying a burden you want God to, you want to cast it on Him, I'm going to pray a bold prayer for you. My brothers and sisters here, we're going to pray together. Believe Him. And the very thing that you're needing as you step out in the aisle, I'm going to tell you what, God's going to do it based on your boldness. I speak that today in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.